This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Max Europe. We are live from Cybus. With two super dear friends, Liz and Lida, welcome back to Breaking Banks. Thank you. Ah, good to be here. <laughs> so this uh, is uh, news from a fintech front show, but it's going to be pretty messy, I swear, because <laughs> one, we disagreed already about the talking points. Two, I asked them to, you know, what do you want to talk about? They say Kim Kardashian, and I was and I wasn't aware. So let's, uh, you know, but let's dive in. Let's start by, you know, talking about the fact that we're back at Cybus. And, you know, I just arrived, but these ladies were here for uh, like the whole day yesterday. And it seems a very intense day. How's it feel to be back, Lida? It feels amazing and strange. Mm. Uh, and it's actually very interesting to hear people talking about the fact that nobody's pretending it's a it's a return right it's like yeah. the world is different and people are very open about those challenges so i i find that's that's healthy that's good no one is pretending to go back into normality um and it has a nice vibe there's that reunion feeling but also mm. you know all the banks all the big uh, tech companies are here i must admit i hadn't seen this many suits in three years i thought they would have <laughs> relaxed the outfits but everyone is still in suits even my team <clears throat> are here in that sort of fintech half attempt so yeah blazers shirts jeans oh fuck it trainers <laughs> is that wait a second is is that true that uh, i think i read it yesterday there is a new dressing code here at cybers and there is no tie code oh, there was a dress code i don't think it's a code but yeah you see fewer yeah. ties you see definitely fewer yeah. ties i mean but when i went to go um to uh to do like a dress rehearsal for my panel on sunday two of the people on my panel were wearing suits on a sunday oh wow i was like Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is this is the suit event. Um, I think it's like a, the last time I saw this many suits was London 2019. The last time yeah, it, yeah. it was in in person. But I mean, I wore. I'm wearing trainers today. I wore trainers in Boston 2014, and people took pictures of my feet because it was day four of Cybos, and I I was tired, and I put on my Converse, and people were like, oh my god, you're wearing trainers. Yeah, well, day four of cybers. You should be taking <laughs> pictures of their feet and laughing at them. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's subdued. I think it's a bit subdued. Like I think it's yeah. a bit, um, you know. I know there's not. I mean, not. I've, I know we're all about sustainability now, and I don't want ridiculous toys everywhere. But there's less, like. There's sweat. no Deutsche Bank cars. I know. Year. Are there like less less goodies this year or what? Less, a lot less. Yeah, a lot less. And but the the car is devastating, and uh, it's for yeah. sustainability purposes. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. But yeah. then a friend of mine said, "Oh, I need to bring back toys for my nephew." I'm like, "Go to Deutsche Bank, get a car." No. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no there's definitely fewer goodies. Mm. Um, there's. Um, It's definitely a little bit smaller, but I think that's yeah. understandable because people people weren't sure. And they took it they took it yeah. up in six months, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. an event like this in six months is science fiction. Oh, they've they've done 
an incredible job standing it up. I think mm. the, um, so a, a lot of the banks I know, for instance, would normally have stands, but don't because their budget operates on a 12 month cycle. Uh. They weren't sure whether the cybers would be back in person, but they are here. Um, so I think it's a, there's very much a feeling of, okay, we're back to doing this now. And mm. it's actually nice to see, but you are right, it is subdued. And I found it very interesting that the opening plenaries and every panel I've been on, every single one has referenced the global su supply chain crisis, mm. the war, the pandemic. And and without saying financial crisis, everyone is talking about the, the sort of pressures of the mm. of the fiscal systems and on the economies. And, and I do think that that, A is very honest and, and good because that's the reality of it, but two, it sets a very different tone, and I do agree that it is a little subdued. But mm. but the context in which we're doing this, yeah, I, I mean, I think the the sort of um, lazy hot take of the past year has been the pandemic has accelerated, you know, digital transformation and Lies. blah blah blah, whatever. But if it almost like there was a pause, you know, there was lots of stuff happening before, and then like there was this kind of we all went to sleep. We're all sleeping beauties in fintech, and we're just I think we're still not quite woken up yet. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there was there was also a pause. Like I used to do this trick with people a couple couple months ago. Answer very quickly. If I said to you that happened last year, what year do you think of? Oh yeah, easily 2019. 2019, which is three, you know. Yeah, <laughs> three years exactly, ago. exactly. So yeah, there was a pause. We were all. We're all I, I love the fat guys that this is so not so far the news from a fintech front, <laughs> but we couldn't care less, right? <laughs> so I actually want to like uh, double click on something. I just realized, uh, because we were talking about it yesterday with some like a former colleagues, that there is no Revolut, number 26, Starling. Uh, yeah, but they, yeah, but Anne is here. Starling isn't here as a, as a stand, but I just saw her this morning. Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know, but the, the stand, no, 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 I'm talking about the boots in the exhibition. Why would they be here though? The consumer facing, um, yeah. The, yeah, there are other retail yeah. banks that are here. There right? are big retail banks that are either plugged into the correspondent. Do you want to talk about uh, big yes, retail banks bank, in terms yes, of market value compared you know, with the, the... The bankers that are here are the plumbers of this yeah, industry. Exactly. They're the plumbers, all right? The, there's other banks that do, you know, there's the whole Wolf of Wall Street bankers and there's the whole retail bankers and, and companies like Revolut and stuff. They are consumer facing product. Mm. They're not into securities processing. They're not into ISO 2020. So we are not surprised. No, of no, course they're not there. Like, There's no reason for them to be here. None of their customers are here. None mm. of their, actually, some of their institutional partners are here, but not the people they're talking to. Mm. I, I'm not surprised they're they're not here. Like Revolut was here for a long time because something you and I both know they were mm. they were an Inotri baby, right? Um, mm. But but now that they're not a baby anymore, yeah, I don't I don't see why they would be here. Cool. Okay, that was the first sort of. Uh, <laughs> close to a news you know that we just double checked now let's do a little bit of leap of a leap because you know many of the talking points that we discussed were about um, um, nfts in, in different like a shape shape and forms that is the, the metaverse session right now in uh, you know in the inotribe stand i hope we are not missing too much we're otherwise it's fine We'll be okay. <laughs> no, okay. I, I, I think I'll, sur I'll, th I think I'll survive as well just because it's on YouTube, right? And, I will, <laughs> and we will all watch it, uh, you know, later on, of course. But um, yeah, couple of uh, couple of points. 
NFTs has been on the news uh, uh, recently in different shape and forms, like uh, Starbucks is all of a sudden offering, uh, you know, that has an NFT uh, programs, uh, the like government of Japan is now considering, uh, you know, digital assets as an, an NFTs and as an integral part uh, of, the, of the way they want to innovate financial services. And I am frankly still biased, of course, the 600,000 to $10 uh, like uh, NFTs are now not even a news, right? That is, everyone is... Uh... So, you know, what's your feeling about all this? Well, Ghost, we've got all these buzzwords like the Web3 and Metaverse, and, you know, and then all this stuff in, in, in between it and, and part of it. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, NFT is a non-fungible token. Um, if, you're, if you're an artist, Right, so we are moving into this age where everything is digital. So if you have something that you tokenize that proves its authenticity, that proves its value, that you can transfer that value, that technology I think is going to go very far and it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of content communities, creative communities. What then the financial services industry and the whole tech bros get excited about is the securitization of that asset and then trading it. That's the part where Right now, there were little hype cycles, and again, you know, stuff that was sold for a, a million is now worth ten quid. Can I now. say we could have done it without NFTs, <laughs> and same thing five years ago? Yeah, and no. there have been scams that did yeah. it without yeah. NFTs. But I do agree with Liz that the the capability of the technology has a future, mm. and I also think that there are some use cases that I'm beginning to hear in in trade finance, where you essentially tokenize. You tokenize a process that has certain inputs. So say in a trade finance situation, you'll have your um, the, the actual security of the journey, say, mm. and the FX volatility of, of what's going on. And then maybe a little bit of betting on the weather <laughs> and then your bills of lading. And, and your so there's a whole component three of different uh, financial transactions and different different um, components that can actually be wrapped into a thing of value mm. um, and that that is super interesting so I do think that there is um, there's definitely use for it it will be here for a long time I find that the the vast majority of use cases that people put it to are at best boring at worst dangerous because people mm. are losing money um, and there is um, there is definitely um, I know best. I saw three TikTok videos, so I know what I'm doing. Thing. Um, and look, I, you and I talked about this a very long time ago when I was living in Doha, but a couple of the people I knew when I was out there um, lost fortunes in the Bitcoin hype. Remember that spike a few years back? Yeah. And they wouldn't listen. They knew best. And I'm seeing a little bit of that. So leaving that aside, I think NFTs will absolutely be with us for a long time but with every other technology that the three of us have discussed over the last 15 years it will take a little bit of time yeah any innovation takes time and hard work and iteration over and over and over yeah. and over again anything that's in that bubble of i'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow get rich quick quick you know that takes agree that is just, that's a separate issue and that takes away from I the agree. actual hard work that innovation and is. why do you want to talk about kim kardashian well i was I let me add to that no, I'll, I'll, i want to talk no. about kim kardashian but i want to add to that because i mm. really 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 agree with it and what i want to add is there is also it's the get rich quick stuff mm. and there's also the really really lazy stuff mm. somebody on one of my panels said yesterday like if you're gonna go into the metaverse why are you taking all the shit from the today world with you like yeah why not reimagine 
some of it. And he was he was so <laughs> exasperated. I was like, it's a very good question. Yeah. Um, but we're doing a lot of that. And, and we did it with everything. Like our first digital steps were not very creative. Mm. Um, and, and there is a process in that creativity. But I'm looking at all the metaverse stuff and I'm bored. It is so bored. I have seen, this is but, my my son's a big gamer, right? So I get this. Right I, I get this, like get being in a game and having payments embedded in that game and that whole. Like, let's see how that works going going down down the road. But I sat in this bank conference about a year ago, and they're like, "We're going into the metaverse." And they did the I panel. I think I know which company. Oh they went into a panel and they were like, they were like, we're sorry, we have some technical difficulties. And they're like floating heads in some weird virtual reality. And I'm like, and I just said, why? Yeah. Right. If I want to see, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put down thirty grand on a kitchen extension. I want a guy to come into my kitchen and go, boom, this is what it's gonna look like before you hand the money over. And I haven't seen anyone say that. It's yeah. all gaming and <clears throat> virtual reality and second life and all that stuff that's like, we, you know, talking yeah. about in movies 20 years ago. I want a new, I want a new world where I, you, you're not sitting there like lemmings with masks on as Mark Zuckerberg walks up to the stage, which I think is like a version <laughs> of hell. Um, you know, Ready Player One, <laughs> I just, It's awful. So yeah, I have yet to see anyone say, this yeah. is how the metaverse is going to you know, be slightly small parts. Like if you watch like Star Trek, right? They open up a computer and it's in front of them. Like that's, I could I see know. that. We sold the dream that has I know. It's, fun, it's funny, Lisa, that you talk about like the, the extension of, of a kitchen because I actually uh, moderated a panel in the metaverse in Milan last Friday. And... Uh, it was most of it, like half of it was about uh, like a game industry, yeah. which is like a deja vu a little bit, fine. And then I said, okay, guys, they were not prepared for the question, but I love real estate and, you know, some of you uh, know already, but what I want to do is being able to go visit a new flat and say, hey, yeah. this is broken uh, and can I share this image, how this is broken with someone else and can this someone else... Uh, sort of quote me yeah. in real life as he or she was there, how much is going to be to repair? Mm -hmm. And can I maybe invite my banker to see the building uh, and maybe my yeah. banker can make me an offer? Now, one could argue, why the fuck do I need the metaverse to do this? I mean, can I just do this? But, but it's all those integrations, because yeah. again, when I was at Kimby, we, we had this uh, augmented vir and virtual reality mm -hmm. uh, component as part of our international lending. So people who want to buy a house in Paris or in London, we're talking, you know, like <laughs> a diff different level of expenditure here, <laughs> could could do some of their visits and know what the underwriting and, and mortgage um, options were from our branches. But you couldn't, with virtual reality and augmented reality, you couldn't do the, I mean, your banker was there, but yeah. you couldn't do the rest. And I think the metaverse would be great. Yeah. And maybe in five years time we'll have another way of doing it, but it would be great for doing all of that. And and gaming is, is a great place to unleash creativity and play. Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with that. And I was actually speaking to ING yesterday and they're doing some financial inclusion, literacy, financial uh, responsibility, outreach to youngsters on the metaverse because it's like that's where they are. And mm -hmm. I respect that because it's true. But I'm yet to see the exciting stuff. And again, to Liz's point, that's okay. Everything <laughs> took a long time. What worries me is genuinely how much time and effort a lot of the big banks 
particularly two, but a lot of them will be back. One of them has a very short name. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Are putting in this. And you do get a feeling that it is a little bit of displacement in that Mm. all the stuff that we've been trying to do for the last 10, 15 years isn't done Mm. and it has gotten complicated. The economy around you now is fully digital and it's putting pressure on you. I find that the regulators have gotten smarter faster. They're learning quicker. So they're raising the bar. So what we do for a living here has gotten harder. And there is an element of the metaverse is a new shiny thing and you can be first and you can be new and you can do things that don't feel as painful and complicated because you don't need to talk to the people who manage your mainframe. Yeah. But the people who manage your mainframe are not going anywhere. So I I don't have an issue with people spending time on the metaverse stuff. I have an issue with how much headspace is taking up Mm. because the world is pretty much on fire. yeah. What we were saying before the, the camera started rolling, everyone has been a little bit too self-congratulatory about the progress digitization made during um, the early days of lockdown. Colleague channels were improved. Mm. That's it. Like, I worked on, we had two major go-lives uh, with Tenex during um, um, lockdown, but that's, that's work that was already in flight, right? Yeah. It's not, so people are pointing to things. It's like, you were doing that anyway. This is not. Um, I, I agree. I agree. The, what, the world, the, that is my, the world is on fire. And I mean, we've talked long for years about innovation theater, right? That's what it is to me. They put some people, they have a little bit of money, and they're going to show something on stage that has no relevance to the banking business at all, right at the moment. While, you know, the most of the world is in a cost of living, living crisis, yeah. there's a credit crisis, interest rates <laughs> exactly. are up, there's supply chain, you know, Russia is deciding to use nuclear weapons in Eastern Europe. These are, this this is real stuff that's going on that floating heads in a in a PowerPoint presentation is not going to solve. And, and like, don't talk to me about the universe <laughs> if you're still on <laughs> cobalt-based infrastructure for my mortgage, right? Like, and I mean, let's be honest about this. Other than that, you're being held to ransom by people cooking out church whatever they want by the hour. Mm. These guys are dying. So we have we have a very Mm. real system. Like, you walk out on the halls. I would tell you that about eighty percent of the banks out there have have mainframes alive and well right now. Yeah. So don't talk to me about the meta. On, on the mainframe things, like uh, the ladies, let's uh, just wrap it up for the first half. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. This is how we're going to her. start uh, the second part of the show. Okay. okay? Stay tuned. And it's a wrap. Do you want to be part of Breaking Banks Europe? Reach out and learn more about the opportunity to be featured in one of our shows. With over 1.6 million listeners and counting, Breaking Banks Europe is bound to become the place to advance critical dialogue in Europe and the UK fintech scene. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter at BreakingBanksEU or go to www.provoke.fm. Hey guys, welcome to the Cybos edition of Newsroom Fintech Front. We had an amazing uh, like uh, first scramble a little bit all over the place this uh, first half of the show, which, you know, the way we love it with lead and leads. And let's start by talking about Kim. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, come on, who wants to start? I want to start, but you want the journalist to give you the fact. That, yeah. So 
I have I had managed to not have any interest in the Kardashians for, for such a long time. Not having a TV helped. I I, I was late to the party and I I know who they are, oh. but I still don't know, know how show, many right? I know the show. I know the show. I haven't yeah. seen it. I know they exist. I don't know how many of them there are. So like there's hundreds. I am, I am a terrible, terrible. But Kim Kardashian obviously has been sort of fronting the pack. And mm. um the SEC intervened and slapped a pretty major fine, which I think is a very interesting, I mean, she can afford it, she's fine. Mm -hmm. But um, but it was interesting because it was the first time we saw such a move, and keep me honest here because it may not be, but it's the first one I registered, that they slap a substantial fine, I think it's in the hundreds of millions. Um, millions? A, yes. Yes, yeah. On an influencer promoting um, cryptocurrencies and NFTs as a, as a get rich uh, quick, idea and you guys I heard like about unauthorized it. financial advisor exactly well, unauthorized financial advice with a disclaimer that this is a paid ad like in a mm. subtweet or a I don't you know uh -huh. um, and of course we all know that there is a lot of that going on particularly with celebs on yeah. the, on the payroll of, of but it's the the first time that I've seen the Securities and Exchange Committee uh, Commission Actually really come in and go uh-uh and here's like a hundred million but fine. before her I mean the, the, the big news in the US there was a big Super Bowl Ad promoting crypto, oh, yeah, I remember right? That. And oh. you know what that is? You know, casinos make money because the majority of the people that go into it, sorry, uh, lose, yeah. right? And when when you know crypto is an is an asset class. I know there's some people that are like, yeah, you can buy fish tacos with it. It's a payment system. Right no, at the moment, it's an, asset it's an asset class. And when they're doing ads at the Super Bowl and hiring Kim Kardashian, they they have a liquidity problem and they need dumb money yeah. in the pool. They need people that are going to lose. So when you're seeing ads at the Super Bowl, they don't want they don't want experienced investors. They want stupid people. And stupid people are influenced by yeah. people like Kim Kardashian who, you know, that's what they that is exactly what that is. Fill the yeah. pool with people that are going to lose so that we have liquidity to keep going and that's the scam. And, and it's an interesting regulatory inter intervention, right? Because the Super Bowl um, controversy, and you're, you're right, mm -hmm. I had read about that. And a casino couldn't advertise during the Super Bowl. No. But of course, because it is an asset class and it is technically a payment system, although mm. I wouldn't say it's the smartest thing to do to buy fish tacos <laughs> with your Bitcoin. Um, it, it escapes the sort of strict regulation. But the reality is mm. that the way a lot of people engage with it is is casino mindset, 100%. And it needs to be regulated in a way that protects those people. Mm. And and if this is a first step towards going down that path, yeah, I, I, I mean, under normal circumstances, you, you wouldn't have been able to have that ad during yeah. the Super Bowl. Ladies, I want to say something because uh, uh, you just made me think of the fact that there is, uh, it start getting uh, dangerous precedents, yeah. this thing. Because actually there is an influencer, an Italian influencer, bald like me, it's called Marco Montemagno. Not maybe. as handsome, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, this being said, Marco is, uh, you know, is actually, I know him, he's a very smart guy. He, he made, like, a, a, his popularity by doing, you know, marketed interviews, interviewing famous people, and he grew an audience. I saw that Banca Generali, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in Italy, hired Marco to do financial education. This, when you get an influencer to do financial education for the masses, 
Don't you think that? It, why? Are, it's, it's almost, it looks like the, the, the last hope for, for a bank, you know, because if you, if, if you get an influencer to start promoting, uh, and you know, between financial education and, um, how do you say it, uh, and um, uh, like uh, investment recommendation, is very thin the line, yeah. don't you think? Yes, mm. and it's a regulated line though, so I'm less uncomfortable about that because if, if with the little lion sign on the corner, <laughs> you make recommendations of products, you've crossed the line and you've broken the law, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am not uncomfortable with the idea of using uh, a figure that excites and gets people, people's attention, but you have to vet that figure very thoroughly. I'll give you a non-financial example. So I'm Greek, for those of you who don't know, if there's anyone left who doesn't know, and Greece has a very, very high uh, level of vaccine hesitancy, really high levels of vaccine oh, okay. hesitancy, mostly tied to um, anti-establishment views. Uh, the opposite of views. Portugal, which is uh, yeah. everyone gets vaccinated as soon as possible. And it's mm. bad, right? It's really bad. Like it's, it's 50% vaccine hesitancy. Oh, it's wow. really, really bad. So the government has been doing a spectacularly good job uh, of, of trying to engage the masses. And they, they, they used a couple of uh, sports figures. Now, one is like Ayanis Adetokounmpo, who's like, we don't deserve him. <laughs> <laughs> But the other was because a. Because what he's, he's beautiful. He's just he's a handsome, perfect human being. He's, he's a perfect human being. He's, he's he he funds food banks in the neighborhood that he grew up in. There was a fire in Greece a few years ago, and he took out a hotel and like paid for it for his for for the people who lost wow. their homes, like, like out of his own. Superman pocket. and Gandhi together. He's amazing. Yeah. We do not deserve him, Willem. Um, <laughs> but there's um, there was a, another young athlete, a guy called Stefanos Tsitsipas, who. Tennis man. He's again the tennis man. Yeah. So he was also used as as the front of you know kids got vaccinated until it leaked that he wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> now, the the vetting Did he take of money that, for that. Did he get paid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you also you you end up with a, a egg on your face in the government. So mm. is there anything wrong with the Greek government using those two people to encourage? No, because mm. because people who aspire to be like them will go, actually. But but do your homework, do the vetting. So if you're yeah. going to use an, an influencer for access to financial education because you know they have an audience, because you know they're, you know, they, they have charisma, then just make sure that that person has never, you know, like... Bankrupted his yeah, business. Or, or compromise yeah. themselves by, by mm. giving financial advice where they shouldn't be. Um, and, and I'm not sure that that due diligence is happening. Are we done on Kim or we can like move to the next topic? Yeah, we can move, we can move. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so next topic is, uh, there is, and I need to read it because the names are like uh, uh, geographical for me. There is this, uh, um, uh, there is a Chilean fintech called Sheppelin, I guess, or Xeppelin maybe. Uh, we don't really care about that. What we care is that Goldman Sachs gave them a 140 million dollar credit facilities and they are an SME lending startup okay so uh, and and this is like a bigger topic or launch is a bigger topic which is you know we everyone was printing money you know during the pandemic uh, to compensate the financial crisis and is now like is how real is the risk right now that these credit facilities are just given without too much like uh, um, um, due diligence, you know, and, and sort of becomes, uh, you know, the, the, like uh, the, the... Yeah, but the, the startup is about helping SMEs with their cash flow to make sure invoices are paid. 
yeah. right? And Goldman Sachs has invested in them. Okay. Right. And so I used to have a boss that said, always pay attention to what Goldman is doing. Oh. Okay. Like follow them. <laughs> and I mean, they do. Like you know, they Goldman's does not invest in a company because they're good people. They invest because it's going to make money. Goldman is the same as Marcos in the UK, right? Is that? Yeah. Well, Marcos is there. Re is there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Their retail yeah. banking push. Yeah. Um, no, the same is the same bank involved in Marcos in the U.S. Yes, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which actually, to, out of a little side note, um, because we were disputing our talking points, there was an article at, um, today or yesterday that they might close down markets. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, That's the news. They put millions and millions yeah. into it, to remote markets. It's not because it's not rates. making money. Yeah. Goldman doesn't do anything that doesn't make them money. Okay. Okay, and, and, and in a cold-hearted capitalist way, that's how you fought, you know. But everyone and his cousin was talking about Marcos as the they, they put, example of a fintech they produced put like by a bank. They put like 80 million into marketing. So I was a fan of Marcos, but I was a mm. fan because it had good rates. Like, if we're thinking, mm. it's, it's not a, it's only a fintech in that they moved quickly. Mm. They went outside their traditional business and did it with speed and efficiency. But it was a, it was a boss Goldman move because they didn't faff with pretty design. The thing didn't even have an app. Remember, it was yeah. like all the, on the mm -hmm. website. They had good rates. Um, but I think with the interest rate landscape changing, uh, cash platforms um, changing, uh, when, when um, Chase UK started their savings products, they created a lot of pressure for other high street banks to create better savings products. So there's there's more competition in the space. And I like that about Goldman. They're like, yeah. okay, it was working. If it's not, yeah. but what I, what I find interesting about, in my head I read it as Zeppelin. Uh. So, um, <laughs> what is interesting is that um, distribution of those loans is always a challenge, right? And we've seen it time and again that, that you start with the best intentions and it's absolutely the right thing to do. But for me, when I looked at it, it's like FinTech is coming of age because a credit facility is extremely well regulated. Mm. It's not free money. It's not here's a VC pot and yeah. I take all the risk, right? And I find, to your point, Goldman knows what they're doing, but also this, this is a grown-up engagement mm. because it's, it would have been equally easy for a Goldman to be like, tell you what, here it is on your balance sheet and I'll write it off as an investment and if we win, we win, if we don't, we don't. Mm. And okay, it, I'm oversimplifying the mechanics a little bit, but the option was there to create liquidity for them in an in a investment vehicle. This is uh, the, the fintech being treated like a, an, an adult entity and going, he's a credit facility. Mm. These are the charges for the credit facility. These are the implications and a looming bankruptcy if you use the credit facility and you you don't sort of return your money uh, in a timely manner so I actually think that that is that is a, a very grown-up thing whether it creates pressure for the Zeppelin guys or not um, it, it's a coming-of-age moment mm. I mean but it's interesting about Goldman's about you know, like a year or so ago, they they moved into the transaction banking space. Mm. Um, if you look at the big transaction banks that are here at at Cybos, you know, the JP Morgans and Bank of Americas, um, they they interestingly at Money 2020 earlier this year, to name another well-known mm. event, that that's who they displayed Goldman's, mm. the transaction bank, um, and they're, I think they're here as well. I don't know where they're they're located, but yeah, so they are. They're trying to open up little avenues and, and move into to areas to see uh, that they haven't been before in a, in a quick and agile way.
Ladies, I think it's time to wrap up. We have a cybers to uh, we have a cybers <laughs> to run. Oh, by the way, we have a cybers to run. So uh, thank you very much for uh, for being with us. Uh, I, this will be remembered as one of the loveliest uh, uh, show, more informal amongst friends. So thank you very much, ladies. Thank you for having us. And it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with FinTech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.